This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. How many ready for some good Word of God tonight? And, amen. I, I like it. You guys kind of excited. I'm glad you are because I kind of had a down day. Man, I sit there, all those clouds and stuff out there, all of a sudden I thought I was back in Indiana. Man, back in Indiana, the sun don't shine from the, from the, about September up to about March or April, May. You start getting some sunshine again, nobody smiles or anything like that. I sit there day at my house and all of a sudden coming to church, I saw that gray cloud. I said, wait a minute. That's why I felt stupid all day. There's no sunshine. And I thought, I get there tonight, I'm going to look at all these smiling faces. They're going to make me have some cheer again. Hey, man, who all smiling? Alice, you smiling? Good. want to make sure they're... How about St. Nick? Okay. Joseph, you smiling? Okay. Just, 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 just spread the cheer. Hey, man, I'll preach better with that. But I'll tell you what I got at the house of God. Saw the people of God, sensed the presence of God in this place. I thought, man, I'm ready to go now. I'll fake it till I make it. <laughs> I got that off Pastor Dave. That's what he says. But anyway, tonight, I'll show you some books in just a second. But I want you to get the title. And this, this, this is something that uh, prob- probably sounds simple. But if everybody knew it, we wouldn't have to preach it. And the title is Jesus Has Your Answer. Amen. You know what? If Christians believe that. There would be a whole lot more joy in the body of Christ. They really believe Jesus has the answer. If Christians believed that, they'd probably delete their Facebook account. <laughs> and get rid of Google. Amen. The Bible, Bible never said anywhere, you've asked anything in the name of Google, it'll be done to you. If you need wisdom, ask of Google. <laughs> Amen. You know what? If Christians turn to Jesus more and more and more and more, it would change the whole body of Christ, and the world would absolutely change. Got to hear an amen. amen. Or an oh me. All right, some books I want to show you. Number one, we show this quite a bit, but it's Faith Food, Daily Devotions for Spring. Faith Food, Daily Devotions for Spring. And these are just bite-sized nuggets. I've been feeding on Brother Hagin's devotions for years and years and years and years. And I could, well, I know I could write them. I can write him. I know, I know his things he teaches, but, but faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I read these every morning of my life, every morning, no matter what else I do. I read a little faith food devo- devotion. It takes about less than five minutes to read these things, but you just think about the verses and the examples just makes things come alive to you. It just helps you walk in a whole lot more victory that day and puts things into you. But those things that really need to be a part of your library, you need to have that. And then this is what to do when faith seems weak and victory lost. What to do when faith seems weak and victory lost. And the Bible has the answer for all these things, but if you don't know what's in the Bible, you won't know to do it. And even if you know what's in there, you don't do it, you still don't get it. And so we need to feed on faith at every opportunity, every chance we get. And, you know, I, I, think, I think about things like this here. And years ago, I heard a man preach a sermon. He said, what do you do between the amen and the there it is? Well, in your faith, people, you prayed the prayer of faith. When you get done, you say, Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's done in the spirit, but sometimes it might take years before you see it in this natural world. And, you know, a lot of times when you deal with things, it takes at least days. 
sometimes weeks, weeks. But what do you do? Two times you say amen, and then there it is. And so you still got to live. You got to stay in faith. Still got to do the right things. Anyway, books like that teach you what to do. How many believe that when Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it? Amen. If he said he'll do it, he'll do it. So when you pray the word of God, you know he's doing it. But what do you do until it gets here? Too many, too many Christians put their head in the sand like Baby Huey's. Baby Huey's still on cartoons? Anybody ever seen Baby Huey? Well, I have to talk to the junior group there in the front row. You remember Baby Huey, right? Everybody remembers Baby Huey. He was, he was a great big ostrich. And he had a great big rear end. He had a big target. And when, when he was in a fight and things going on around him, Baby Huey would stick his head in the sand. He had a little bitty head. Stick his head in the sand. But the problem was there's a great big stick it out. And so he thought he got away from the problem by hiding his head. But he still had a big target out there to be hit. Too many Christians think they just stick their head under the covers. And if they wake up, it'll go away. When you wake up, it's still there. You have to do something for it to go away. You have to stay in faith. That wasn't even in the notes. That was just free. But Christians have to know and live by the fact Jesus has the answer. Look at Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. As you turn it, I'm going to pray some words of faith over this. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for your holy written word. Jesus, we're so grateful that you came. You paid the price for us to have the victory in every area of life, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, socially, in every realm that we function in. You paid for us to have victory. And Lord, I want to thank you tonight that the hearts are open, spiritual eyes are open, spiritual ears are open. And Lord, the most important thing is, is that we'll all be doers of the word, not hearers only, Lord. We're not going to be a self-deceptor. We're going to do what we hear. And Lord, we'll get what you said we could have. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Mark 9.23 says, Jesus said unto him, Now look at this, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to God. What's that say? All things are possible to him that believeth. We know that everything's possible with God. And Jesus said that in other verses, but here he said, all things are possible to you. If you're an active believer, all things are possible to you that believeth. Now Jesus said that, didn't he? Well, let, let me tell you another way to say that. I like to paraphrase it this way. Uh, Jesus said this, it's not a matter of what I, Jesus, can do. It's a matter of what you believe I will do for you. See, a lot of Christians, you know, I remember when I first got saved, got around Holy Ghost Christians and, and, and Christians that believed in healing. Because when I was a boy, about the only church I went to was the Baptist church. I went to a Disciples of Christ church. And they didn't preach anything about Holy Ghost or divine healing or anything like that. But I, when I got around divine healing, people like that, I ran into several different religious Christians would say, I got faith for everybody else to be healed, but I can't get healed myself. I thought, wait a minute. If you don't have faith for you, how are you going to have faith for somebody else? It starts with you. And so for we as Christians, we have to know that Jesus said that it's not a matter of what he can do. Because anybody anywhere just about pretty much believes that Jesus can do anything. But the thing is, Jesus said it this way, 
He said, it's a matter of what you believe that I will do, not for somebody else, what I'll do for you. What do you believe I'll do for you? And so that's what we're going to look at tonight from that perspective there, because, you know, I, you know, everybody in here has a testimony. And, you know, everybody's heard other good testimonies. You tell everybody else's testimonies, what they heard somebody say God did for them, what the Lord did for their baby, what the Lord did for somebody they work with and things like that. But what about you? You know, last, last year, I'm glad that I believed that Jesus would heal me of stage four cancer. I'm glad I believe that Jesus would heal me from 99% blockage in my right, right, uh, whatever artery that was called, the big artery, whatever it was, you know, but I focus on Jesus, not on the problem. But I'm glad I believe that because Jesus did, doctor said he did, all the tests keep saying he did, he did. But I didn't just believe that when I prayed at this prayer line for you, that Jesus would heal you, but what about me? I knew he'd heal me too. And that's where you've got to be in your life. You've got to just not, not know that God's good and loves everybody else. But it's got to be a revelation to you that Jesus loves you. You've got to know Jesus loves you too. Even if you've been a scoundrel. Jesus died for scoundrels. Jesus died for ratty people. Jesus said, I came to call the sinner to repentance. He didn't, he said, I didn't come to bless the righteous. I come to call the sinners to repentance. And so we have to know, we have to know that we as Christians don't receive from Jesus because we deserve it by our good works. We come to Jesus in his name because of what he did. And because of that, Jesus said, all things are possible to you if you believe it. Amen. So jump over to chapter 10. Chapter 10. I'm going to look at a man in a very hopeless situation. That he, he believed in Jesus, that he acted on it. We're going to look at verse 46. Chapter 10, verse 46. And you know, when I look at, when I look at, when I look at, uh, stories in the Bible, I know they're not just fairy tales. I know they're real. And I know it's real people. And I, I, I look at this man here, but there's two, two there's two perspectives. It depends on where your level of Christianity is. This is something probably, I'm going to say something probably some of you have never thought of. When you first start off in Christianity, you always see yourself as the person that's getting the help. You always see yourself as the one that Jesus, Jesus came to this person, they were down and out, they were losing, and Jesus reached out to help them. Well, when Jesus died and went to heaven, one of the last things he told his disciples is this. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. I'm going to heaven, so now in my name, you lay hands on the sick. You raise the dead. You cast out demons. So there has to come a point in time. I'm just planting a seed in some of you right now. There has to come a point in time you read these. You don't see yourself as the hurt would get the help. You see yourself as one walking the steps of Jesus, sticking out your hand, and you're walking in Jesus' place. You're the one reaching down and get that blind man healed. You're the one that's seeing that addict that he's delivered, saying, Satan, come out in Jesus' name. And so, you know, that, that, that's a sign of seeing where you're growing at. When you quit seeing yourself on the losing end and seeing yourself that my hands are Jesus' hands. My words that I speak when I speak the word of God in the name of Jesus is Jesus speaking to help people. And, you know, that's John 14, 12. I've quoted that verse quite a bit lately. John 14, 12, Jesus said, He that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also, and even greater works. So anyway, tonight we're looking at this from perspective of Jesus helping a man, what this man did to receive the help. 
But sometimes in your thinking, stop to think, how would you respond if you were the one who walked up and you saw this man hurting? Would you say, oh, I just wish that when Pastor had that Wednesday night series on healing and challenged us to learn a verse, oh, I wish I'd learned a verse. Or are you going to be the one that says, you know what? When the pastor challenges, I learned those verses, and I know exactly what I'm going to do for this man right here. I'm going to minister to this man, and I'm going to quote those verses up to heaven, and God's going to back up his verses because he said he confirms his word with signs following. Does that help anybody? Amen. Well, you know, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, we probably got to change the name of it pretty soon, call it the Challenge Zone. <laughs> Not so much the Comfort Zone, but the Challenge Zone. Amen. We want to, what is it? We want to deliver the afflicted and, and afflict, afflict the comfortable and all that kind of stuff there. We want, we want people, we want people that leave out of these services to leave out of here so full of God, so full of the anointing, so full of the Word of God that they're just looking for somebody out there they can help. Amen. So in Mark chapter 10, verse 46, it says that Jesus and his group, they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number or a multitude of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Man, I'll tell you what, how would you like to have a curse on you like that? You know, if you're somebody's been in poverty, you know, oh, 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 poor old Joseph. Can't even rub two dimes together. Oh, poor old Joseph. How'd you like to have that on you, that tag follow you? Poor Joseph. Well, here's blind Bartimaeus. I'd be right there putting it right on him, man. What, how would you like to be called blind this or dumb that? Or stupid? I'd be mad. And so this guy here says, he's at the highway side begging. And so I want you to stop and think about your life. No matter what your situation is right now, if you're in a bad situation, you wish it would change. Well, look at this guy. He had two big things against him. Number one, he was blind. That'd be, that'd be bad enough right there. But he didn't, he didn't live in California. He didn't have everything given to him. He had to go out and beg. <laughs> I know we got enough people to beg out here, but this man here was blind, and what I'm saying is this. He had no, he had no Medicaid. He had no food stamps. He didn't have people taking care of him, because if he did, why would he be out there begging? And so if there's anything worse than being blind, or being a beggar, being a blind beggar. And so, I want you to think about your life. Because no matter what your condition is, there's always somebody that's worse than you. Amen. And you know, when you get up in the morning time, the Bible tells us so many places to be thankful. Giving praise, giving glory. And I don't know about you, but I still, when I wake up a lot of times, open my eyes... I honestly do say, and I said it before, I said, Lord, I want to thank you for my vision that I can see. And I said, Lord, I want to thank you that I can hear. I got my hearing. I said, Jesus, I want to thank you that I got my mind. I got a sound mind. I can thank. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I said, Jesus, I want to thank you. I've got the sense of smell. I can smell things. I just thank God for things that he's blessed me with. And you know what? When you begin to live that way, it's kind of hard to focus on what you don't have when you're grateful of what you do have. Amen. So blind Bartimaeus had two things working against him, totally blind and no means of support. 
except to beg passers-by. As we look at his life, we're going to see what he did to come up higher. And I want you to think about your life, where you are, and where you'd like to be, to come up a level, or two levels, or three levels in life. God always has more, but we got to remember that Jesus said, what can you believe he'll do for you? And so it's not that he has more, but do you believe he has more for you? More healing? More deliverance? Better paying job? Better benefits? Better family relations? How many need restoration in family things? I mean, about everybody in or has family things could be better. And we got to know that Jesus will make things better for us and for our family. And so, uh, when, when, we, when, when, we, when this man heard that Jesus was near, I want you to notice what he did. Verse 47. It says that when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And so when he heard of Jesus, faith jumped in his heart when he heard it was Jesus. I want you to look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17 and hold your place here. Romans 10, verse 17, because this is the first step. Out of a crisis into victory is to hear right. And this, this is one of those verses that uh, many of you I know know this verse now. And I know right now, if, if we were to give a challenge and say, how many know Romans ten seventeen? I know half of your hands will go up and you quote without even looking at it. Amen. Because it's such a vital necessary verse for your faith life. Romans ten seventeen. Read this out loud with me. It says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And we know that Jesus is the living word. And when you hear the name of Jesus, something sparks on the inside of you as a believer. You hear the name of Jesus, something gives you hope. Something causes you to know that's not as bad as you thought it was when you hear of Jesus. And specifically, when you hear a sermon like tonight, where the Word of God's being preached, faith is coming. But what you do with it is between you and God. Because the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and you're hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. And so I know tonight, as I share things from the Word of God, that already... Because we read the Word of God, faith is coming alive in you. Everybody's sitting there, unless you're playing on your cell phone or something. If you're playing games on your phone, then faith's not coming, faith's leaving. Because faith cometh and faith leaveth. You know, faith leaveth by lack of hearing. Faith leaveth by paying no attention to. But when you're hearing the Word of God, faith is coming. And so when faith is coming from the Word of God, then you've got the first step. Out of where you are to where you can be. But we gotta know what to do with the faith, and that's what we're gonna look at this man's life to see how he responded when the faith came. And obviously, obviously, he'd been hearing things about Jesus healing blind people. Cause if he hadn't been hearing things about Jesus healing blind people, why would he jump up and holler? And you know, that's like being in a church service, and you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking at Jacob, thinking about Jacob, the good job he got. Well, you know, in this church here, a lot of people in the last year or two have got really good jobs. 
And I know that when people get good jobs, they testify that God got me a job, other people get hope. That, hey, if the Lord got him one, he'll get me one. And, you know, I'm just looking at the faces. I know a lot of people here that have got good jobs in the last season, but they got faith for what Alex did. That Alex moved right on up the pole, didn't you? Alex. This Alex over here. Yeah. <laughs> you got a good job, didn't you? He's where he's even got the uniform. But the thing is, I know that I know there's other people in here tonight. I know some different men in here tonight that they're believing God for a good job. And I know that because they heard that Jesus got these men a job, that they've got faith inside of them. If Jesus did it for them, he'll do it for me. Amen. So that's where Bart that's where Bartimaeus was. He'd heard that Jesus does miracles. He's heard that Jesus heals blind people. He heard those things. And so when he heard that, he didn't just sit down and start whining and go on Facebook, talk about how unfair it was. That just ain't right. Jesus healed those guys. And why am I still blind? How, how, come, how come Jesus didn't heal me? If I get, if I get 2,000 likes, you know what? You get 2 million likes, they're not going to get you anything. Because you're going to find out somebody else got 2 million and 1. You're going to be mad. <laughs> Amen. And then, you, then, you, then you're going to file a lawsuit. And then you know what? That makes you snowflake. <laughs> oh, I have too much fun these Wednesday nights anyway. So faith cometh by hearing. And so when you hear the word of God, faith gets into your heart as far as you to know Jesus has the answer and the power. Has the answer and the power to bring you up out of whatever situation you're in. If you're sick and need healing, Jesus got healing. If your job must need a job, Jesus knows where your job is. Family problems need restoration. Jesus is the original restorer. Financial lack and you need provision, Jesus supplies all of your need. But we've got to do what Bartimaeus did. So when you hear the answer from the Bible, faith comes to your heart. Now turn back to Mark 10. I will look at 47 and 48. And so it says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. He didn't just sit still. He didn't just sit there and say, Well, I'm a hoping and praying. You know, hoping and praying is not going to get you very much. You've got to talk to Jesus. You've got to open your mouth and let Jesus know what it is you really want. And so anyway, it says, he cried out and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him, many warned him, that should hold his peace, be quiet. Said, you're getting too fanatical. You're getting too radical. Man, if you've been blind and you've been broken praying and the answer was around there, it's time to get loud. You know, I think about sometimes up here in the church, and people that don't know what people are going through don't understand it. Well, that little girl comes up here. I'm talking about a little girl, 20, 25-year-old girl. She's got two or three babies, try to take care of them, nobody help her. And get up here at this altar, they start jumping up and down and singing and dancing and spinning and praising Jesus and getting all excited and making a lot of noise like that. And then somebody says, 
I wish they'd be quiet in this religious church. Well, they found the wrong church, not the religious church, but the Holy Ghost church. Amen. But they wanted to be quiet. I've had people before, we've had some of these people in here that are in here all messed up. They get excited. They might be sitting in the back row like that. Maybe they'll start shouting a little bit, whistling or something even. And just carry it on hard about Jesus. And people get upset around them. But they don't realize this person here, what they just came out of before they got here. And what they're facing. And they come to find out that Jesus wasn't religious. That Jesus was anointed. Amen. Amen. And so what I'm telling you is this. We're looking at a man right here. And these people saw this celebrity to them coming past. Here comes Jesus and his crowd. It says he had a multitude following him. So they're coming through Jericho. And this guy here, busted, disgusted, couldn't be trusted. Blind, begging, and he's tired of it. And because he can't see, he's not sure how far off Jesus is. And with the crowd there, he wants to make sure Jesus hears him. So he starts yelling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And these other people want the silent prayer. And the silent prayer didn't get him anything. I wonder how many other people in the crowd was in bad situations. But Bartimaeus is the only one who said got anything. If you ever want to shout in this church, you can shout. If you ever want to jump in this church, you can jump. If you ever want to get excited in this church and blast out in tongues, you can. whole thing is, Jesus loves you. He wants you to express yourself. But of course, there's a time for that stuff too, not right in the middle of the sermon. Unless it's just a little, unless it's just a little whelp. You know, that'd be okay. But anyway, this man cried out to Jesus. And so, after Bartimaeus heard he's the answer, he focuses all of his attention and his words towards the one that could help him. When you find out that Jesus is the one's answer, you need to take your focus off the situation start focusing on the one with the answer. You need to shut down Facebook. You need to shut down some things. You need to get out of gossip and get into worship. Amen. Doing better preaching or shouting. And so the second thing you must do, if you want to change for the better, quit whining about your present circumstance and start talking to Jesus about bringing you out. You need to start thanking Jesus that he's bringing you out. You need to start thanking Jesus you're on the way out. You need to start thanking Jesus for all the great things he's done for you before. You need to start talking to Jesus. You start crying out to Jesus. And I want you to look at verse 49. It says, and Jesus stood still. Guess what? Jesus heard him. He got Jesus' attention. I like what Mrs. Pastor said a while ago. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, I, I, I don't know how many thinkers we have in here when you read the Bible, but I'll tell you what, boy, the more I read it, the more I'm amazed about how awesome, how awesome God is, how awesome Jesus is. You know, how many know that Jesus loves Muslims as much as he does Christians? Or a Buddhist or anybody else? The only thing is, he wants people to know the true God and his son. They died for their sins. And I think about this, uh, I don't know how many billions of people there are in the world right now, how many different religions there are, 
how many people cried out in need. But it's an amazing thing to me right now, at the same time, one of us be cried out to Jesus. And some Muslim over there, if he cried out to Jesus for help, I believe you're real Jesus. The same Jesus will stop and listen to them. Listen to us. How does he do that? Because he's God. And I think about when Jesus said, your father knows the number of every hair on your head. Man, how many heads are there in the world right now? No, I'm serious. Do you ever think about those things? About how awesome he is. Save, save God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that we pray to right here. He can have a billion people praying to him at the same time. Here's every one of them. He knows every one of them when they're conceived. He knows when they were born. He knows who they're going to marry. He knows how many kids they're going to have. He knows everything about them. And Jesus said, your father cares for you affectionately, cares about you watchfully. And you know, Jesus said, Jesus said, your father knows what you need of, but he said, before you ask. He said, before you ask. He said, so ask. And so he doesn't just know the need, but he wants to hear from earth sometimes. He wants those on earth sometimes to let him know, Father, I know that you know I have need of this, but you said to ask. So, Father, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus. And you know what? Jesus stops. The Father stops. They listen to what's going on. And Second Chronicles 16, 9 says his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. To show himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are open to him. Those hearts that are committed to him. Those hearts that want him. As Christians have to look at Bartimaeus, do you think that Jesus didn't know that Bartimaeus was a blind beggar? That God didn't know that? But Bartimaeus hollered out. He said, hey, I know you got it, and I need it. Help, Jesus. Any of you ever think that way, you know that Jesus has got it, but he wants you to ask him for it. All things are possible to him that believeth. And so Bartimaeus then called to Jesus. Jesus stopped and told Bartimaeus, now listen to this, told Bartimaeus to come to him. The, the, peop, the people say then, uh, that called, commanded to be called, they called the blind man and said to him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. How does a blind man go anywhere in a crowd? <laughs> Somebody that can't see if all those people there. But anyway, this man stopped. He stopped then, and he knew Jesus told me something to do, so I better do what Jesus told me to do. Jesus said, come to him. And you know what he could have done? He could have stopped right then and thrown his faith away. He could have sat down right then and said, poor old me. I hear all these voices out here, and I know there's mean people in this crowd too. They're not going to like it if I shove them and try to get past them. What am I going to do? Jesus will be smart enough to know I can't come to him. I'm blind. He didn't think about that. I thought about, there's the answer. And it might look impossible to somebody else, but I know that's the answer. Whatever it takes, I'm getting to the answer. I'm going to the answer. And so he didn't let any obstacle of people, especially ones that yelled at him to shut up. Can you imagine if you're a blind man? Maybe some of these people's the ones you already held your little tin cup at the day before, and they spit it or something. You know, people are mean. Are they hollered at him, loser, get out of here? 
Maybe that crowd probably wasn't a very friendly crowd towards him. I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I've kind of got upset with the same homeless people hitting me up every day at the same spot, the same story. I mean, man, at least change the story. I mean, I know a guy's had a semi broke down over here for 14 years. <laughs> you know, by the time we give him enough dollars to, I mean, how are you going to fix a semi with a dollar? <laughs> you know, change the story every once in a while. But anyway, think about this guy here. No, I'm, I'm looking at you guys to tell you something to help you. This is an impossible thing for him. We read these Bible stories, and we don't look at the eyes of the person that was there. This man's blind. He's a beggar. He's in a crowd. And Jesus said, come here. And so when you know, when you know that you've seen your answer, but you've got a part to play, then you better start moving towards the answer. Amen? And so anyway, it says, at verse 50, and he casted away his garment, he casted away his garment, he casted away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. How many know that God doesn't just put words in the Bible because he needs to fill up some more pages? You know, cast away his garments must have significance or wouldn't be there. Well, in research of those times, what that garment was was a special government-issued piece of clothing that beggars had to wear so they'd have a license to legally beg and not just be somebody who was out there playing con games. And so as a handicapped person, as a blind man, I don't know what the garment was, what it looked like, but I just read about it. So that garment that he wore in public told the people, this man is not a phony. The government gives him permission to work the crowd because he's a handicapped person. And this is how he makes his living. And so that would be equivalent today to somebody having their food stamp card or their Medicaid card. This is his means of support, this garment. When he works the crowd with this garment, this says he's certified, he's legally blind. The government says he's blind. The government says he's not a phony. He has a right to come out here. If you want to help him, you can help him because he's not just a con. And so when he threw that garment off, get this picture. It would be like somebody here. And you know, this has been such a crush to too many people that I know of personally that they can either get free money from the system because they hurt their back years ago, but it doesn't hurt anymore because they're healed. But if they throw that card away, that means they have to go to work. And I've never understood why somebody wouldn't rather have a good paying job that pays 50 times more than that little bit they get from the government for free every month. I've never understood that part. But anyway, so this man... When he threw that away, he said, I'm cutting off my link to this income I get working this crowd. When I throw this away, somebody else will probably grab it up. They'll wear it now. But when I throw this away, I'm saying, Jesus, I've got total confidence in you. I'm throwing this away. I'm coming to you because I know, I know, Jesus, that when I get to you, I receive my healing. And because I receive my healing, I don't need to beg anymore because I'm not blind anymore. Amen. And so what's this telling us? In our lives, in our lives, when we get a hold of the Word of God, and we know in our hearts 
that that word's for you, that word's for me, that there's something that we can do to head towards Jesus in faith. That there's always something we can do. And you know, that's something that only you can determine. You know, one thing's for sure, that a church like ours is never going to tell anybody to throw away their medicine. Or stuff on their glasses. Little boy. Man, I'll tell you what, I knew a county sheriff back in Indiana. Man, we knew him, what, 35 years ago or longer. They used to have these faith healing meetings all over the country where they had people that really were there. And this guy was the sheriff of the county. He wasn't a deputy. He was the head guy. He was the sheriff. He's a friend of ours. We met him after the fact. And he was at a meeting. Some guy was up there. And he said, all right, God's healing eyes right now. If you're nearsighted, if you're farsighted, if you got eye problems, you wear glasses. If you believe that God heals you right now, stump your glasses. Sheriff took his glasses off and he stumped them. And he told me, I think it was three years later, he thought, I thought man, I can't see yet. He's, he's a sheriff. He said, I couldn't even see to write a ticket. He drove his sheriff car around. And said, I could, and finally one day said, it dawned on me, man, I don't think God healed me. <laughs> you don't. You don't do something some preacher or anybody else tells you to do to try to make God do something for you. You don't give away your whole paycheck because you want blessed. You know, if God puts it on your heart to do things, you do things, but you better know God and not do dumb things. And so what I'm telling you is this. If blind Bartimaeus didn't have faith in his heart, Jesus was going to heal him. That was a dumb thing to do. Don't cut up your food stamp book or however they do as I never have, so I don't know. Don't throw away your food stamp book or whatever they do. Don't get rid of your Medicaid card. If Jesus has it in your heart, there's something you need to do, you'll know it. But when it's, when it's a serious move in life that can affect your family and affect your own well-being, then you better, you better sit on it at least a day or two. And wait on it. But the main thing is, once you know in your heart, there's a move you can make in your life, take a step towards Jesus, then you start stepping towards Jesus. But then when you do that, you're doing it in faith. Because you know the Word of God says, and whatever the Word of God is you're standing on, that you know that Jesus spoke to your heart as you're going to Him in faith, then you're going to see something happen too. Amen. And so Bartimaeus threw that garment off. And then, because he was in faith, he was approaching Jesus in faith. And so, always know that if you come to Jesus, always be expecting that Jesus is going to do what he said he would do. Always expect of that. And how, how, how can you stay in that mode? Number one, whatever verses it is that got in your heart, you're going to him thanking you, Jesus, that you said, that lay hands on the sick. Name they shall recover. I've had hands laid on me, Jesus. I've been prayed for. And I know that for me, when I was going through all those treatments last year, I kept saying that those doctors were going to set their microscopes. First Peter 2.24, by Jesus' stripes you were healed. Well, they didn't quote the verse, but they saw the results. They said, excellent, 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 excellent. Very good, very good, very good. You're good, you're good, you're good. Well, that's paraphrased for Jesus healed you. Amen. 
But the whole thing is, through that whole time there, I went through the treatments I was supposed to go through. I did what I was supposed to do, but all the way through it, I said, Jesus, I want to thank you for using them, but you're my healer. I'm looking to you. I want to thank you, Jesus. You're the one doing it. But all the time I was expecting, had my eyes on Jesus through the whole thing. I never had my eyes on how bad it was, had my eyes on the one that healed the bad. Amen. And so for you and your lives, as you're coming to Jesus, no matter what your situation, you got to take your eyes off the crisis and get your eyes on him. Don't focus on the problem. Focus your eyes on it. You don't ignore things because faith doesn't ignore things. Faith changes things. I want to say that again. It's not faith to say, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. It's faith to say, I've been with the doctor. The doctor diagnosed me with this. But I've had hands laid on me. And Jesus said in Mark 16, I'm getting better every day. So I'm going to the doctor, but I'm getting better every day. He's speeding up the healing. Amen. You said I'm saying you don't you don't ignore things, but faith changes things. Amen. I think about you guys what you went through. Hey man, changed that one, didn't it? Amen. Talk about the little baby Eli. But anyway, we get down to this in verse fifty one, and Jesus answered said unto him, What will you that I should do for you? And so the reason that's important is this he's a blind man. And I, w- I go through the same thing in my prayer life. Somebody comes up here, and they're really sick, and got something bad, and they go, oh, thank you, Jesus, they're going to receive their healing today. They come up here, they've been sitting under the Word, and I don't just pray for healing, I ask them, what do you want? Will you pray for me, they'll get me into the doctor? And I just got through teaching healing, well, see, aren't you glad I didn't pray for healing? They weren't hooked up with healing. They wanted favor to get into that doctor's appointment. Or somebody else comes up here, and I know they've been really dealing with a serious issue on lots of medication. I think, glory to God, they're wanting healing in them, so they back off the medication. Will you pray for me for this new prescription drug that I'll be able to get it at a good deal? Well, you've got to see where people are. You don't just blindly jump out and pray for people. You know, this is less of you and pray for people. And so Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, Jesus obviously, like I would think, blind people's been healed here. So, this man once healed, but Jesus said, where are you? The guy could have said, my neighbor just got a really, really awesome C&I dog, Jesus. Would you pray I'd get one of those C&I dogs? Well, Jesus would accommodate. He said, okay, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to agree. You get a C&I dog. Well, Jesus, I just got rid of the garbage. Would you pray for me? I'd have favor now. Move these rich guys that said they might let me in. I don't need any more. These rich guys are going to take care of me. I'll just agree with you that according to your faith, be it done unto you, the rich guy is going to take you in. And so when I said that for you, you need to be specific in your prayers to Jesus what you want. If you're wanting a job, and I'm praying you for a job, I don't know if you're at minimum wage level. You say, Pastor, I want a really good job. Well, you're thinking California's minimum wage is going up. I want a good minimum wage job. Okay, I'll agree with you. Then. You're going to get a good minimum wage job. Next guy comes up and says, Pastor, I went on out at the base. They got this job, starts off at $21 an hour with benefits. Would you agree with me? I say, yeah, I agree with you for that. See, that's what Jesus said. What do you want me to do? And so whatever it is that you're facing in life, you need to tell Jesus, what do you want him to do for you? Where are you at? Because Jesus said, all things are possible to you that believe. 
but what is it you believe? Do you believe because the side of the tracks you were born on, that little shack's all you're ever going to live in, or you want a better house? You know, you know, I said, you know, nothing of house trailers, house trailers are nice, but Jesus didn't say, my father's house are many trailers. He said, mansions, I think he's probably got something a little better here on earth. You know, just saying. And so we need to know that when we cry out to Jesus, we get his attention. But then Jesus is going to ask you, what exactly do you want? Do you want a part-time job or you want the full-time job with all the benefits? What do you want? Amen. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. We're going to close this down as the, the pastor gets his glasses. Uh, I preach it by sight. Okay, verse 52 then. He said that I might receive my sight. He said, I want healed. Jesus said unto him, go thy way. He said, your faith has made you whole. He said, thy faith. His faith has made him whole. And immediately he received his sight. And then he went back to just play goofy games. What did he do? He followed Jesus. He received his sight and followed Jesus. And so, just to recap, his faith made him whole. What did his faith do? Number one, when he knew Jesus was around, he hollered out to Jesus. He said his faith made him whole. Then number two, he got rid of what held him back, came out of his comfort zone. He ran straight to Jesus. He knew Jesus had the answer. Then number three, what did he do? He told Jesus exactly what he wanted Jesus to do. And Jesus then said, your faith made you whole. And so I'm telling you this for you. Your faith will bring your family back together. Your faith will get you a promotion. Your faith will get you a better house. Your faith will cause your children to come back in line. Your faith will receive healing from Jesus. Whatever it is you need, your faith will do it. Hear the word. Speak the word, act on the word, follow Jesus, and wherever you are in life, let's come up a level. Let's come up two levels. Let's come up three levels. Let's come up higher for what God has for us. God wants you healed. God wants you prospered. God wants your family together. God wants you blessed. But the whole thing is, Jesus said, it's not a matter of what I can do, because I can do anything. It's a matter of what you believe I will do for you. Amen, amen, amen. Well, let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.